This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. I'm excited today to have Robin Ambrosi on the podcast today. Robin is an Associate Professor of Instruction at Ohio University and a coordinator for the Customer Service Leadership Degree Completion Program. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. So how did you end up getting started in, in teaching on customer service? Because that, that wasn't what you were always what you've always done. No, not at all. So, but isn't it what we all do every day? My interest in customer service started in the late 90s, believe it or not. I worked for a general contractor at that time, and we dealt with our customers were subcontractors, industry, residents, employees, all of which my interest really began as I began to realize um, we had a different perception from different, uh, different groups. So how do you assess that? So this was back, and I'm going to date myself and say this was back before there was a net promoter score. Okay. This was back before you had a survey for every time you turned around. This was um, a different time. And so to develop that, that's what I began. I began to develop little assessment tools to, to benchmark us because really there wasn't an industry benchmark at that point. Hmm. And so I began to benchmark us with our competitors as I knew, and then really just to work on getting better. And so, and to just bring things to light, things that we all had in common that we could do regardless of which group the person in our, in our organization worked with. Mm -hmm. So that's where it all began. And I think that continued through all of my career. I left that company in the early 2000s and moved into, back into higher ed. I had been in higher ed for a long time. I had taught prior and I moved back, but I didn't move without the assessment tool. And by this point in the game, net promoter score was around, people were doing student satisfaction surveys, we were looking at customer uh, satisfaction scores, we were talking about it, and it was the thing. And so in my office, I was connected, I knew what it took. So I kind of got to lead a lot of those little small measures until it became popular I'm going to say um, widespread across the campus. So my office also worked with a lot of larger uh, conferences. And so in order to get more conferences, you have to, of course, assess to see how you're doing. And you don't know how you're doing if you're not asking the question. So what used to be focus groups later turned to surveys later, you know, like it's all moved and kind of transitioned. And I kind of stayed with that. When Ohio University had a position open and it was really this customer service background, I really felt like I had a history in it because I, I knew about it before anybody was talking about it. Yeah. So um, definitely something that I'm passionate about. And it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to get to OU and kind of just see what's going on there and then take a like a broader step into the industry in itself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think you're completely right. Everybody kind of 
steps backwards into customer service, but we've always been in it. Um, and, and, you know, we've all, nobody has coming into a, a uh, un, unlike you, where you're actually teaching on customer service leadership, um, there wasn't a customer service leadership, there wasn't customer service, there wasn't customer experience uh, degrees. And so, um, uh, speaking of that, you know, tell me about that class you're teaching today around customer service leadership. What does that, what does that look like? Well, it looks, okay, it's ask yourself the question, what is it I wish I would have known when I got started in my career? Yeah. And so that's the same question that we ask ourselves as we were developing this program. What should we have known? You know, of course, we can talk about the characteristics of what a customer service leadership organization looks like, what customer experience looks like, and then we can take it a step further. We can look at those organizations that are doing well. And of course, the organizations that are fun to talk about are the ones who aren't doing it well. <laughs> and yeah. we can hypothesize about what we would do differently, right? So as we kind of developed that program, that is the scenario that we took. We knew that most people who walk into this industry lots of times have come straight out of high school that needed a job. They moved into the industry because it's an easy entry um, field at the lowest level. So they've come in, they haven't had that experience. And I wanna say that higher education experience necessarily. So what can we incorporate into this? And so it began with, well, the obvious skills of a, of a customer service, um, leader include communication skills. Well, great, let's make sure it's entwined in here. And then we need that teamwork. Okay, so they do team projects and we build that in. They need real work experience. These are people who are hands-on. Typically, these aren't people who came from the, I love classroom experience. They were the ones who said, listen, I've had enough of that, I'm over here. So what we know is that they don't choose to sit and read about it. They'd rather watch about it. So they're going to watch some videos. They'd also rather do a scenario where we put out the, um, the issue or the we put the fire in front of them and they have to solve how we reduce that fire, how we, how we fix it. So all of those things are included. Um, I think the big word, if I had to use one word to talk about it, I would use the word relationship. Hmm. And when we think about customer service, I think we really talk about partnership, relationship, and that um, that's the common ground. So whether it's an internal or an external customer, it, it's still about relationships. Mm -hmm. And we also know that internal customer is incredibly, incredibly important. So HR becomes a lot, I mean, there's a couple classes that are HR related that really just talk about the entry levels of what you need to to work in the industry, and I'm not talking the HR industry, I'm talking about the customer service industry, and then how you move and, and what to expect. Because sometimes these, you know, it's new knowledge. So while we've maybe worked in, for a long time in the industry and we understand what this or that looks like, many people who come in, they don't know what it looks like. And so you have to do a better job explaining it. So, yeah. That's a little bit about it. I'm trying to think of what else I can include. Um, let's yep. do an example. You want me to do an example? Yeah, no, that'd be great. All right, so empathy. 
What does empathy look like? Empathy is a huge part of what we would say a customer service is. And so most people are going to say, well, it looks a little bit like a, I'm like an I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's not an I'm sorry, is it? Right. So, so how do you teach that? You know, that, you know, how do you put your hands around that with an online class? So a couple things that we do. One would be we would show a video of an example. One of my favorites, and, and it's old, and it's been around for a long time, but I love it. And it's the Cleveland Clinic empathy video. I don't know if you've seen this video, but it's, <laughs> okay, it dates back to 2013. And it was the beginning of the rise of the word empathy. Okay, so they were on the cutting edge at the time of customer service and what it looked like. But the video very much shows that the person pushing the wheelchair uh, just might have just had a miscarriage and she's pushing. And so it has words all around it. You read the words, yeah. but what they're showing is something different. And it says, would you treat people differently if you knew? Yeah. And so I think that's a really powerful way to teach empathy. So we, we would go through something like that. And then we might go through what Brene Brown shows of empathy and what it looks like. She has a little cartoon video that's kind of powerful. And then I'm going to put out all these catchphrases of situations and, and students have to respond and they can't use the word, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, but they have other words that they can use and they have to feel, fill out this. And then they have to develop a scenario and put it out to other students who have to sort of respond and then they get to say, you know, you did it or you didn't, whatever. So that, that's an example of what something like empathy might look like in one of the classes. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. You know, I love how you're kind of getting your, your hands into it uh, and, and not just reading a book or going through that, but getting an exercise and challenging them in the moment uh, because that's how they're going to learn. And, and it's better to learn uh, there than it is to learn uh, at live fire when when you're in the moment, you're immediately, your first result is, your third, first thought is saying, oh, I'm sorry, uh, here's what we could do for you, right? It's, it's in the panic mode. Exactly. Well, if your listeners um, out there want to contribute in any way, shape, or form, I will tell you that all the, I call them WWYD, what would you do? All of those scenarios come from real life scenarios. And so they're crazy. Things that you can make this up if you tried. Some of them are off over the top. And so they're fun. And students really get engaged in that. So if we have any listeners out there who are interested in giving, oh, you'll never, you know, you won't, you can never answer this one. Um, throw them out here and I'll, I'll put them up in my class and we'll see how um, the students do. What I would ask though is that you put how, how your solution, because typically after these are all over, I let them all vent. Um, and share the responses, but then I come back and say, okay, here's what you needed to think about. Did you check policy? Did you check blah, 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 blah? And I kind of go through and I'll say, okay, this was a real life example and here's what ended up happening. And so that's kind of fun for students too. So we'll just put that out to your listeners and see if we get any takes. Nice, I, I hope that you get flooded with scenarios of, <laughs> of craziness that people have to respond to. Um, you know, the one quote that I've seen, uh, and I think it's by Horst uh, Schultz, uh, he's the, one of the founders of the Ritz-Carlton, and he's, he says that and then at the end of the day, people are doing business with people. And, and you don't really think of that sometimes. Sometimes you, you're just frustrated in the moment, and, and you're like, you know what, my book didn't arrive on time, or, or my, my Grubhub, um, order was wrong or this or that. And, and I'm going to get frustrated in the moment because 
um, I deserve this. Um, instead of saying, hey, you know what, I'm talking to another human. Uh, that might be my daughter. It might be, you know, my, my, my spouse or whoever that looks like, but, or, or somebody else's spouse. And so treat them with respect uh, and, and know that you're doing business with another person on the other side of the phone. And it might, it's not even their fault. So how do you have empathy in that moment? Well, I think you brought up a very important part and something that, that has kind of changed during the COVID times that I think that I see coming through. And when we, we have talked about customer service for a long time and we made it about relationships. And I think that's a very huge, powerful part. And we've talked about all the different um, characteristics that we see in this organization. But a new one that I've sort of added to mine is just that important part of its service recovery. And while we, we've always talked about service recovery, it's always been important. It hasn't come all the way down to, um, to the lowest levels of the Maslow hierarchy. We have not really talked about um, safety for a long time. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about that, those, those low level needs, keeping people, you know, food, all of those. And so now that we are in this time, that kind of is a, is a, another example of why we have to check back into the moment, check back in what is being met and what isn't. And so if those lower levels aren't being met, then we know that the um, level to meet you know, the student, the, the person that you're facing, their level of, mm. what am I thinking? Like just, they're a lot more upset. And so, yeah. you know, they're driven higher already. And yeah. so just to be able to read that situation is going to be critical and powerful. Yeah, no, you, I, I appreciate that. And, and you've mentioned characteristics uh, a few times you've mentioned service recovery, you've mentioned um, um, empathy. What are other characteristics of leaders uh, uh, in, in customer service and, and maybe maybe a handful, whatever you think is best? Okay, so I have two groups that I kind of put mine in. I have my employee customer group, the people who are working directly with that, and then I have my organizational group. So within my, my um, employees, I'm looking for I use the ease. I think the ease are easy. So I, I love the empathy thing. So empathy, emotional intelligence, ethics, empowerment, and enthusiasm. Those are just the ones off the top of my head that I think are critical, no matter what industry that you're in. And when I see those characteristics, I'm drawn to them. Yeah. Um, if I had to put a, a tick on the most important one, I'm going to choose emotional intelligence every day. And really that brings together a whole lot of everything because that's the level of communication where you're reading it. And then that takes me down to my organizational um, customer service rules. And so I kind of use the read. The read is the very beginning of what we're doing. We have to read the situation. We read the tangibles, you know, how far are they walking? What's the smell in the organization? Um, are they tired by the time they get to my desk? Have they been to three people first? So we're reading the situation. And then we have to remember. Remember takes in, into consideration a lot of things, but the empathy, the listening, the patience, the kindness, remember who you are, what's your value? Yeah. What are your values and what is your value? So two different things, but still both important. 
and then the responsiveness required by an organization. And right now we're seeing that that's changing like so like the speed of light for us. So are you adaptable? Do you have an open mindset that, you know, you and I have talked about this before where somebody comes in and it looks like a square, but it's turning into a circle, but we're still looking at it like a square. So <laughs> can you be open-minded to see that maybe this might be a diamond when it's all said and done? So reliability, another critical skill for an organization. How reliable are your employees? How reliable is the product? And how reliable is the company? And are they going, are they reliable enough to take care of a problem when it comes? Which leads us to the next one, to reassure somebody, to assure them or reassure. I like the reassure only because it has an R and it sticks in my group, you know? So let's, let's be honest, it's really assure, but we're gonna call it reassure because it works for me. Yeah, and so yeah. that's when we guarantee to do the right thing, right? So we've got to do the right thing in all situations. And so if we go back to reading the situation and then reassure them, do the right thing and use those technical skills, so that's when that piece comes in mm-hmm. and it's highly critical. And then last but not least, that recovery piece. How our recovery piece looks will impact the long-term growth of our organization probably more than just the typicals. In, in the way that um, that causes people to not do business with us if we do it poorly yeah. in, in a bigger way, and they're a lot more vocal about it. But when we do it right, you know, you've read the book, uh, The Raving Fan, I, The Raving, I can't even remember. Raving customers yeah. yeah. Um, and that book's an oldie, but, but it really develops the rave, the rave, the raving person, like the person who's going to really tell the story of our company. That, that would be my two cents about that. You got any other ideas? Yeah. I mean, there's always, there's all sorts of, I, I think it's just a blend of, of all of them and, and it's when to use them at the right time. Um, you know, when, uh, one, one quick, uh, funny story is, um, uh, Lego, uh, was trying to find ways to get creative uh, around customer service. And, and they're like, well, who are we as an organization? And they're like, well, we're, we're fun and we're reliable and we have knowledge and we have expertise. Um, and then they had a bunch of other ones, but those are the ones that really stuck out to them. And they're like, so, so what are we and how do we measure it? And so their acronym stood for FREAKY. Uh, and so they were literally measure on, on a, on, on a, uh, Lego blocks one to five on how freaky they were on that call. And uh, the funny, the funny part was, is uh, inside uh, the call center, you would be like, Hey, did you freak that call? And they were like, Oh man, I was all sorts of freaky. Uh, and, but the, the funniest part for me is uh, somebody who came in brand new, they, they start listening to that and they're like, Oh, this is interesting. But then you kind of learn out uh, what that culture looks like, but everybody has to, understand and and i and i love the the characteristics that you have but you know similar to like customer experience you can't just be uh the zappos or the or the disney or the amazon you have to understand and be your version of that um the same is true in customer service um you know i think all of those are awesome characteristics uh, and and maybe they're the foundation but but what are you what do you know to be true inside of your organization and what what is it a freaky or is it more of a, a um 
only an R letter word. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And so I think too, um, the size of the organization is going going to impact that. And where you are, are you a cash cow? Are you an entrepreneur? You know, how long have you been in business? What can you afford? Those things all take into consideration. But when you when you go back, you can still respond to people in a timely manner. It might not be with $100 worth of cash or a free product, right? But you can still respond in a timely manner. And can you, you know, you can still be adaptable. It might be changing, you know, a quick policy or going on the fly and giving your people the opportunity to, or empower them to, to make a decision without you standing right there. Whatever those are. So when we look at those, they still become critical. And we still got to, you know, go back to where we are and who we are and then develop what we want to measure mm -hmm. because you can't be everybody's everything. Yep. Well, you yep. can, you can try. It's you pretty try. miserable. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're never going to be successful, but, but go ahead and try. Right? <laughs> come, come back and talk to me after you try it. But, uh, you know, back to Red Carlton too, every customer service representative um, has the ability to um, make it right to the customer up to $2,000 per customer uh, without approval. Um, I, I'm blown away by that. And obviously uh, organizations, other customer service contact center solution or, or um, um, uh, contact centers uh, don't have the ability to drop $2,000, but you can still empower the, the agents to do what's right and still have empathy and still right, um, make it right for the customer and give them peace of mind because, you know, at the end of the day, they just want to feel known and valued. Um, you heard them and, and just because you might not do everything that they ask for, you still care. Um, and that's what they care at the end of the day. I think that's important. And they, and don't forget to ask what they want yep. because the ask might be something that you can easily do. And right. so when we, when we stop and ask the question and sometimes we get to wow them and do the wow experience. And if you're working for that large organization, you hear about those wow organization, those wow moments. And, um, but wow doesn't, wow's looking a lot different these days with our small businesses. And so that's, that's been exciting to watch and to read about um, during um, the pandemic time. So I've enjoyed just seeing what, what small business, businesses are doing and how customers are coming alongside of them and supporting them. No, that's great. You know, uh, let's transition real quick because you, you mentioned you were talking about training uh, uh, prior and, um, you know, even though your classroom is, is probably the best there is when it comes to customer service, um, these leaders need to continue to learn and train um, and help their employees. So what are a few resources that you can provide the listeners on, on training, um, you know, continuous improvement on themselves and maybe helping their, 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 um, their employees? So I think you hit it right there. When you said for themselves and for their employees, I think the first thing is that the openness to feel like you're not the best yet. Mm. And so the important powerful is with customer service, everybody thinks I'm doing it. I got this and they do, but there's always something new to learn in our industry and it's always changing. Yeah. So to be first off, to be up to date on what's happening in the world, I think is critical. Let's just take a look at businesses who have, 
a longstanding um, success rate. And let's read what's going on and what they're doing during these times and how they're meeting the safety needs of employees or um, customers right now. And, and let's look specifically at our industry and see what's going on within our industry and, and find the new ways. So I think that's one, just being well-read is good. I think listening to Nick's podcasts that he puts out would be at the top of my list for things that you need to do. I'll pay um, you later. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome by that. Um, but no, but training comes down to what do you want to do to, to number one, recognizing that you have room for, for improvement. Yeah. And if you go back to your goals and you're looking at those goals, it's going to be evident. So the goals are going to say that I didn't meet my benchmark here. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's professionally or personally. Either way, we're going to find something that helps you meet that benchmark where you are. And so you're going to go out there and, you know, we're great researchers. So we can find whatever that tool tool is that that person needs. Um, So I think that's the important power part is you've got to be assessing along the way. The answers come a lot clearer for what can I be doing for training if I know where I stand. And so, you know, if you're doing a performance appraisal and you're doing a 360 and your employees are saying um, something about your organization, then that's where we start. Um, And if you're not doing that assessment, but you feel like it's critical to do the assessment for your customers and you're not doing one internally, then you just missed the whole boat, in my opinion. I think it happens across the board. You've got to be doing that. And then you've got to go looking for the answers. Yeah, no, I would, I would a hundred percent agree on, you know, kind of, kind of eating, uh, drinking your own medicine and, and, um, you know, with leadership, you, you stay humble and, but, but, but yet hungry, uh, in that moment, because, uh, if you're not continuing to growing, we talked about status quo a little bit prior to the conversation and, um, you know, that can be a dangerous, dangerous slope, but, um, you know, I asked two questions to, to all my guests. And, and the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? Oh, and you're asking me that question. What book? Okay. So in the last year when I did, I'm just going to talk for a second, but when I did a self-reflection for me, yeah. um, I do a lot of things that are outside my comfort zone and a lot of things I don't do that are outside my comfort zone for choices that I decide. But Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, was one that I um, read this past year. And I thought it really talks a lot about vulnerability and courage together. And while we really think about female, the female leader in this role, um, I've yet to think of anybody that it doesn't impact. And so, you know, she uses an example in one of her books about a, a football player on the field and you know we're just gonna you're i'm gonna hurt you i'm gonna hurt you and yeah. how they develop that demeanor and that demeanor that you can't make me cry and it starts yeah. really early and it comes forward and and so so many times i think about i teach a couple women leadership classes and so i focus a lot on that but there's also this other element of folks who have to be someone who, who can't be vulnerable and so as we learn to be vulnerable and we have the courage to do that in our professional, personal lives, um, I think that's a powerful piece. And so that's been good for me this year. Yeah, 
No, that's great. Dare to lead is a great book. Um, second question is if you could leave a note to all the customer service or, uh, and or customer experience professionals and it would reach all of them, what would it say? Oh, I had to pick a quote for that one. I picked a quote <laughs> from one of my favorites, Mother Teresa. And okay. it says, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Mm. And I think regardless of where you are in the industry, you know, it's one customer at a time. It's one decision at a time. It's one kindness at a time. Um, whatever that is, it starts with you. And so for me, it's a beautiful saying. And it reminds me every day, whether you're at the top or the bottom, you're still valued and you're still important. Wow. No, that's a, that's a great way to, to end the podcast. Um, um, you know, how do people, how do our listeners connect with you? Um, if they want to learn more about your service or your, your uh, classes and, and uh, you know, maybe connect with you online. Sounds great. Well, they could go straight to Ohio University and type in my name. And my last name has a Z in it. So that makes it a little different. And you could find me through uh, LinkedIn, Robin Ambrosi. That's R-O-B-I-N-A-M-B-R-O-Z-Y. And if you just put that right in, you'll come right to me. That's I'd great. Robin, catch. yeah, I appreciate your time, Robin. Uh, thanks for joining me on Press One for Nick. And um, hoping to connect with you once uh, all this craziness slows down. Sounds great, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.